0: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Moser. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. And on that Best Best Coast Boys podcast, you can listen to the other co-host, John Oning, who will be joining us today to talk about some Free safety prospects for the Dallas Cowboys. John, how are you doing today, sir?
2: Doing great. Can't complain. Got a nice workout this morning. Even got to go to the grocery store, get all my errands done for the day before work, man. I'm productive as heck today, so I'm happy. (laughs) All right. Not getting it out
1: early is good. It's always good to get it done early, right?
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, We're going
0: to talk about some day two safeties. I don't know. Maybe one of you guys are bold enough to call one of these three safeties that we're going to talk about a day one safety. Hmm. Uh, I doubt it. But uh, we have a feeling that the Cowboys are going to be hunting safeties in the second day of the draft. And there's some names that we're going to look at. The first one I want to start with is Richie Grant, the safety from UCF, who, I mean, if you're a longtime listener of the show, you know how much that we love Richie Grant, uh, John, you are our guest. Tell us about Richie Grant, what you like, and maybe what you don't like.
2: Yeah, I'm a big fan of Richie Grant. I think he's the probably the most well-rounded safety in this entire class. I think his ability to play, the function as a single high safety, his ability to function in the slot, his ability to function in the box just gives him a really well-rounded game that he could fit in a variety of schemes, especially the scheme that the Cowboys run. He's ferocious in his downhill run fits, I think, to the point where I almost get afraid that he's going to hurt himself half the time when he's throwing his body into the wreckage to stop the run or even, you know, a screen or what have you. I think he has good instincts in single high. Really nice range. That one interception I always post on my Twitter where he ranges from the opposite hash mark all the way Mm. to the other side to get the interception is one of the more impressive single high safety plays in this class, I think. He's just a, just really well rounded. Anything that you really need him to do, I think that he can really function as that as as that guy in that role for you. He's a little bit old. I think he's going to be twenty four when the season begins, so that gives you a little bit of pause about his future viability ten years something down the line. But I love him. He's probably going to end up being my safety one in this class. I think, like I said, he could do so many different things. He can – I just at the Senior Bowl, I was just so impressed with his ability to function in the slot against receiver types. I saw on film that you saw him be able to match up against tight ends really well, match up with with running backs really well. But at the Senior Bowl, he really showed that he can function against really high-end route runners, guys like Josh Palmer from Tennessee, one-on-one in coverage. And I think that just sold me flat out. I was already a big fan of his entering that week, and that just sold me on him being probably the best safety in this class. Lando?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think everything John said is correct. I mean, I, I think I totally agree as well that uh, his tape was impressive, but the senior bowl uh, practice tape is really what put him over the top for me. Uh, I just love, I think he's a high floor player. That's, that's where I think I, I really value him the most is because I think he's one of the guys that, you know, one of the few guys uh, in this class that you could you know draft and I feel like you could start right away. He has a lot of experience. He has a lot of versatility, uh, you know, he's one of the rare players at the safety position that has uh, some ball hawking aspects to his game and is also a really solid tackler. I mean, he had 10 percent of his team's tackle share in 2020, which is really hot, which is really good, uh, and only had 8 percent broken tackle rate, which is also really good. So uh, he's a solid player who can make plays. He's shown that he can play in the single safe, uh, single high role if he needs to. Uh, he can come down and make tackles. He can play in uh, uh, man coverage. You know, really the only thing I worry about is and kind of John mentioned it is that, you know, where's the ceiling from here? Like how much how much better can he get than he is right now? Uh, but I think he can come in right away, right away with his processing ability and that initial burst. Uh, and immediately uh, you could plug him in as a single safety high uh, player and, and feel pretty comfortable about that.
0: All right. So am I allowed to be the wet blanket here? I mean, Please. I know, uh, listen, uh, I like Richard Grant quite a bit. And if he's the pick at 44, I will be just, I'll be so happy because I think he's a fantastic player. I do think there are some things that have me a little bit concerned in relation to these other two safeties we're going to talk about, right? Uh, he's a little smaller than you would typically like your safeties, right? I think he's sub 200 pounds. Uh, he's under six foot. On top of that, he didn't test as like the best athlete in the world. And that's not the most important thing when it comes to evaluating safeties because instincts matter and your ability to recognize routes and diagnose stuff is far more important. But when you're a little on the smaller side and not overly athletic and you come from a non-Power 5 conference and you are a senior coming out, it's enough concerns for me to knock him from like being the 25th prospect in the draft to the 35th. Does that make sense?
1: I will just add that if he was uh, in a power five conference, then he would be a former national champion from his 2018. (laughs) 2018. (laughs) They probably would have gotten a little more justice and and a little bit more uh, 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 hardware. I I definitely agree with that. And I'll let John kind of address that as well. But to me, I think the thing I like about him is that he may not test as an elite athlete, But the athleticism that I see on tape is what I see in his testing too, right? He has very good three cone uh, and you match that with his processing speed Uh, And that, you know, that makes up for a lot of the lack of straight line speed because he can get, you know, he can get the jump on things. He sees things early. uh, And because of that, uh, ability to drop his hips and change direction, uh, it it really allows for a lot of margin for error for a lot of that stuff. But I mean, uh, to be fair, he is undersized and he is a tick slow. I just think that when you see the tape and the rest of his testing, at least it matches up with what you see on tape. and, And I think you know what you're getting
2: yeah i think landon really hit on the main point there and just says processing speed his ability mm-hmm. to make plus breaks on passes to be able to break on the ball before the qb lets go of the ball from his hand and he does that routinely on tape and that allows him to play a step faster than maybe somebody who runs a little bit better over 40 who is a little bit more explosive or who is a little bit bigger who can contest the catch point maybe at a mm-hmm. higher point he's getting there earlier because of his processing speed and for a safety like marcus was even saying before that that is the key you've got have a guy that anticipates he has a quick processor and the ability to make plays on the ball that is the key for safeties and i think he those are honestly his best traits he kind of like marcus was saying has those middling physical traits but all those traits that don't appear in the testing i think that he has in in spades
0: yeah so we're all in agreement here if he is the pick in the second round for the dallas cowboys at number 44 we're all thrilled right love
2: it love 100%. it Okay,
0: good. So, uh, one guy that we agree on. I'm curious to see about the next two <laughs> because I've got a feeling we might have some differing opinions. But uh, before we do that, let's take a quick break so I can tell you guys about bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but we've got NBA, we've got NHL, MLB, and golf in full swing bet online even covers awards tv shows and reality tv with real-time updated props on almost anything you can imagine bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit all you have to do is use the promo code locked on that's bet online your online sportsbook experts All right, let's talk about another safety. This one who opted out of the 2020 season, that's Javon Holland from Oregon, somebody who is very, very intriguing, uh, tested as a much better athlete than I think anybody anticipated. Uh, John, we'll start with you again. What did you think about Holland on film?
2: Man, it was really interesting. Going in, I didn't really know what to expect just based on everything I've read and what I heard. Yesterday, I went through seven games of his. I went through three in 2018, four in 2019. And I was honestly pretty impressed with him. I think in 2018, he played a lot a lot more free safety. You saw him get a lot of run, especially in the Stanford, Washington State, and Washington games. He played mm-hmm. a lot of free safety. And I think you saw him show that he can function in that role in the NFL. You see the good instincts. He takes away the post. He takes away the seam. I don't think he's the rangiest free safety in the world. But between those hashes, I think he gets the job done. He's really smart. He's not afraid to fill against the run. He's not afraid to tackle all of those things. I think that really gave me a lot of confidence that if he was picked by a team like the Cowboys, he could function in a single high role. And then when you move on to the 2019 tape, you see him play a lot more in the slot around or more around the box, that kind of nickel safety role he was playing in that Oregon defense. And I was just super, super impressed by his ability to, to anticipate routes. He's not the most explosive guy you'll see guys separate from him when he kind of has to make flat foot reads and they break in front of him. He doesn't really close that gap really very quickly when they're coming out of their breaks. But better than any other probably defensive back I've seen in this class outside of like a Patrick Sertain, the really high end cornerbacks is he anticipates routes. He's already anticipating that break and that allows him to really stay connected to these intermediate routes against uh, slot receivers and tight ends. I think he has the ability to match up with tight ends running backs. I think if he's in the box. He's a very, very adept uh, intermediate zone dropper. I think he could be a hook defender. I think he could play in the buzz. I think he could play uh, vertical third. I think he could do a lot of things in his versatility. I think in a Dan Quinn defense, defense would be would give them a lot of flexibility to be able to change up their looks while playing the same defense I think that is the key for a Dan Quinn you know this cover three Carroll style defense is if you're going to be playing a similar coverage that cover three a lot you got to be able to move the chess pieces around the board a lot so that the offense even though you're running the same coverage it looks like you're running something different I think a guy like Javon Holland with his versatility really unlocks that potential for a Cowboys defense I was really impressed by him Lannon, uh, I'm not as
1: impressed. I I, I I I definitely think that you know I saw the same things, a lot of the same things that John saw. I mean, there was a, a focus at free safety in 2018, and and the, the Stanford tape is, is one that I watched as well for for him there. And and I think, to me, I watch him and he, I have I have concerns that his body's his game doesn't match his body type. Right. Like, I, I think he is more of uh, I think he could probably play free safety, but I'm not comfortable putting him there immediately, I think, and having him start right away. I think you could see him there in, in, in you know, instances and in, in have him play in that role a little bit. But to me, I, I would feel much more comfortable playing him in, in an overhang role, in a box role. I mean, look, he. He, we, we constantly knock or not knock, but just point out that, uh, JOK played, you know, more snaps at, 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 uh, Nickel corner or at slot than he did at linebacker, sure. and and Holland's kind of the same thing, you know, except at safety. Holland played way way more snaps as a as a uh, slot corner than he did as a safety, and I I don't think he can play slot corner in the NFL. So it's to me my concern with with Holland is that it's a lot of projection. You're you're projecting him to play. I mean, you've seen him play s- a single safety high, and and I think he was good, not great at it, but but the, the tape that is making you your eyes get big about this kid it's not in that single uh, single high safety role it's it's more as an overhang defender and more as 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 a box defender I think he's great John mentioned this I think he's great at covering tight ends I think he has the potential to be a tight end eraser type I I think he kind of can struggle at times with some of those quicker wide receivers because he moves you know if, if he was a running back I would describe his movement style as like a slasher as opposed to a bursty guy, you know, and, and I think that that kind of can limit some of this stuff on the back end kind of in the way that I mentioned with Richie Grant having a, a quick processor and, and, and quick change of direction. I don't know that that Holland I think Holland has the processor, but I don't know that he has that change of direction. So uh, I would prefer to kind of keep him in the box a little bit and play that role. But then again, what 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 you know? Th- what really complicates this is that he had a great pro day. His pro day is 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 he's at six six foot two oh seven. He doesn't look two oh seven on tape. He he ran a four four six in in on the in the forty. He doesn't look like he plays at four four six. So I have concerns that I, I think he has gotten to be a better athlete over the last year without uh, not playing football. I think clearly he's kept up and been training really hard for the draft. But I just have a lot of concerns because to me uh, that that the times in this pro day don't match necessarily what I see on tape. And I'm worried that his skill set, the things that he does well, doesn't quite match his body type, that he may be kind of undersized a little bit to play a full time kind of overhang box defending safety role. It
0: it, to me this reminds me a little bit of the a player that we talked about a lot last year and Xavier McKinney coming out of Alabama right who played a lot in that same you know near the line of scrimmage sometimes was you know covering slot receivers Uh, but we had questions if McKinney was a free safety I think I I feel better about Holland than I do somebody like McKinney being able to do that because when we saw him play in the Pac-12. He was 18 and 19 years old. Again, yep. he was incredibly young. He was very productive. I believe he has the most interceptions in Oregon history outside of yep. Jarius Bird. Uh, So you're, you're banking on him being a pretty inexperienced player and having the instincts and being, you know, having all that athleticism that didn't necessarily show up on tape. So I think ascending player, but without a doubt, there's projection here. I could easily see him two years from now being a high-end safety. But I also yeah. I think there's a chance that he is somebody who, you know, is a little bit of a tweener and he goes to a team that really can't find him a role and he bounces around the league. That that wouldn't surprise me either. So uh John, let's come back to you. Where do you kind of slot Holland in this draft? Is he somebody that you like in the
2: second round? Is he more of a third round guy? Where do you have him? I gave him a solid two, and I'm really a solid second-round grade, and I think that – I'm really betting on the fact that he's a high IQ player who has good size, obvious good tested athleticism, better tested athleticism than I think play speed that we saw on tape Mm -hmm. and his ball skills. I think that's one thing that we haven't touched on yet is his ball skills. He plays the ball really well in the air. He was a a high school receiver. You can see it with the way that he's one of the only safeties or one of the only really defensive backs in this class that I've seen really be able to attack the flash of the ball. So say they get their eyes turned to the QB late. He's able to locate the ball and still get a hand on it. A lot of other safeties, when they turn their head around late, they lose the ball. They can't find it. He has that ability because I'm guessing from his years playing receiver where you have to get your eyes back and catch the flash of the ball just like that. He had that skill translates to the defensive side of the ball. And when you have all that mixture of a high IQ guy, guy who showed that he has tested athleticism, guy who has ball skills, I'm going to bet on that. And I think he's, even if he's not going to function the best as a single high safety for like the Cowboys or something, I think he'll find a place where he'll be successful. I just think he's too smart. You see, one really good thing I see is anytime you see an opposing team going in a bunch or a stack alignment, count the number of times where you see him even question what receiver he's going to have. He always Hmm. relates to the proper receiver. You don't see him get confused by these crazy route combinations that you can get from these spread teams when they're a bunch and stacked alignments, when they condense these sets. He's so smart that I just think he's going to be able to figure out. And the fact that, like Marcus said, he was 18 or 19 in doing that. Yeah. What about when he's going to be 23, 24, 25, 26 in the NFL? I think he's just going to be one of those guys that sees things quicker, sees things better, processes things better than a lot of different people. And I think that's going to allow him to be successful, even if we don't know the exact position that he's going to be successful in in the NFL. Layman,
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think he's a second rounder too. Uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with whoa, the fact whoa, whoa. That-
0: you, you killed him and now you're calling him a second rounder.
1: No, I, I'm killing him because I'm p- playing the opposite <laughs> side of John, but I, but I, but I'll tell you, like, I mean, all the things that John mentioned are right. I, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with the fact he's a ball hawk. I mean, if you go watch his 28 team, he's a freshman and he's directing traffic on these yeah. guys. And he, I mean, yeah. Oregon defensive backs are, are legit and he's, and he's, you know, guiding, guiding them, lining them up, making sure they're lined up. So, Clearly, he has the abilities. I, I think, if anything, uh, you know, my only concern is that I don't think he will play a a lot of the same role that he played in college. I think there is a projection to the NFL, but but I think all, all the things that John said is right. He has all the makeup of everything that you want for a, a safety. I just have concerns you know if missing last year the testing not matching the tape, what, what does he look like as an athlete now? Is he a completely different player? Those are all questions I have in my head that, that are really the only thing that are limiting him from being kind of a, a solid first round pick because he has that upside. He has the kind of he definitely has the upside that if he can get it all together with his smarts and he has this kind of athleticism that he tested with, he, he definitely has the upside to be the best safety in this class if everything comes together for him.
2: Yeah, um, one thing, Marcus, before you jump in, uh, I went to a glazier clinic in 20 at the beginning of 2019 in Las Vegas, and the UNLV coaching staff was there, and their cornerback coach was there, and their cornerback coach was an a assistant cornerback coach for the Oregon Ducks in 2018. Hmm. And back then, he was even talking about Javon Holland about how you guys watch out for this number eight, he's going to be someone you guys are going to hear about in the NFL in the coming years, and it's just, just funny how that. That showed he was talking about he like he's smart. He has good technique. He's young, but he plays like he's a senior. I remember that was the main quote. He said he's this guy's a freshman, but he's playing like a senior for us. And you guys are going to hear about him. And I was just like, oh, okay, interesting. You know, you hear about a lot of these little school coaches will, you know, name a name drop a player that they like and they don't usually pan out. But Javon Holland obviously is panned out. Yeah. And the fact that his coach back then could see the skill set in him, that gives me even more confidence that he's going to figure things out when he gets older and more experienced. I love it. I think he's a legitimate candidate for the Cowboys
0: at 44 if he should yeah. be there. Uh, let's take one more quick quick break to tell you guys about Rock Auto. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: All right, the last safety that we're going to talk about is a very, very interesting one from the Big Ten. That is Jamar Johnson from Indiana. And, again, I think some opinions might be split on this one. Lane, I'm going to start with you on this one. What did you think of Jamar Johnson?
1: Uh, well, I, I I thought he had good height and weight for his size. Average length is a – a slightly above average athlete, uh, but I think he supercharges a lot of that with with good anticipation. Uh, You know, oddly enough, we picked three guys who I think all are ball hawks. I mean, all these guys do a great job of attacking the football in the air and and, and catching the ball. And obviously that's one of the strengths of Jamar Johnson uh, as well. Um, I I was surprised by how solid he is in in man coverage. Uh, He's comfortable operating with this back to the QB and this from the slot if he needs to be. He's a very good blitzer. I was surprised by that too because just kind of when you see these guys usually that are kind of, uh, you know (laughs) – there's lots of Gerard Holloman to his game uh, but but Ooh. this guy does not have that that kind of same fear of physical physicality I think it, I think it's more just that he is <laughs> less interested in the run game than he is at everything else uh but I mean he's he was a solid tackler in the past game I, I think he had a nine percent tackle share which is really good for his team um he sees the f- field well but he's still kind of uh, he has good field vision but I don't think he has the kind of uh you know uh, processing or, or uh, I guess intelligence experience probably is the word I'm looking for uh, at the position, because you still see him kind of bite on play actions and misdirections. And, and, and he gets, you know, he gets caught up in the wash and pick routes a lot. Um, I, I like him a lot, but I I, I don't think I like him uh, as much as those other two guys. I think mm-hmm. he's probably a little bit lower on my board if, if I was going to lay them out. Uh, where does he win? I think he's a ball hawk with some versatility. He's a guy that can uh, be someone who can be a dangerous player in coverage in the back end, but I also think if you need to come, have him come up and blitz or uh, uh, you know do some things in the box, he can do that. He's still a very young player at the position, uh, so I guess the questions I have are, can he clean up some of those glaring weaknesses in his game uh, to allow his his kind of rare gifts to shine that include his ability to attack the football in the air and and be kind of a playmaker on defense. John.
2: Yeah, I think it was really kind of him to show the best and worst of himself against Ohio state in one (laughs) game. I mean, if you really want to get a snapshot of him, it's just really that Ohio state game really shows the highs and the lows of him. I think he he had what two interceptions and five missed tackles. And that's really a nice snapshot of him as a player. Landon really, said it well i think his his ability in coverage he's a ball hawk i think him he's another one of these guys going through this. He's kind of a late guy that we heard about, but going through, I was like, Mm -hmm. there's not that many single high safeties in this class. I'm not seeing Mm -hmm. so many. So that was making me like, you know what? Maybe they need to trade up to get Richie Grant to just secure that single high safety that they need. Now you have a Jamar Johnson. I'm like, okay, maybe they can just wait and see if somebody like this can come to them. Cause I really like his instincts. Like Landon said, it's just his, his tackling technique itself is 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 awful. Is awful. I've never seen a safety try to tackle somebody with the ribs, but I saw him try to do it like multiple times (laughs) against Ohio State. That was that was really interesting. Um (laughs) but yeah, just the coverage ability, his ability to play the ball in the air, his ability to make plays on the ball, his ability to uh read the QB's intentions, I thought was really good. Like Landon said, he's a little bit, I think. He's a little aggressive in coverage. That's why you'll see, like, play action. He'll he'll fly forward and yeah. he'll get caught a little bit, or with those route combinations, he'll kind of get caught up underneath. And I think that's easily fixable with more experience and a little bit better coaching, teaching him when to pick his spots, maybe to be have a little bit better of a of a situational awareness of what the opposing offense is going to do based on down and distance, all of those type of things. But I think in the NFL, that's things that will get cleaned up. It's just the only worry is, is he going to, is he going to ever clean up his tackling technique enough that he's not a liability back there? I think he had the lot, the largest missed tackle share among the safeties in this class per PFF, or at least one of the highest that I saw Mm -hmm. on their draft guide um so I'm just worried about that but the thing that gives me a little bit more confidence the reason why he's not like a day three guy for me more of a later day two guy is that he's not afraid to be physical you see him running yeah. in the blocks you see him play physically so I think if you can just get him to clean up his tackling technique he can be a good tackler in the NFL because he's not afraid of that physicality
0: yeah you guys hit on just about everything here so I, I don't need to add too much more the the one thing I would say of all the three safeties that we're talking about this is by far the worst athlete and it's not like he's a bad yeah. athlete he's just a very middling athlete right yeah, he's doing exactly. he a four five eight and that's fine that's not bad but it's the agilities were uh, both in the 20 and 30th percentile for shuttle and three cone uh, when you add on the fact that he was a one-year starter and he's got these tackling issues, I agree. I think he's more of a third round pick than a second round pick. But if you're getting this guy at 75 or 99, even, you know, if you're really lucky that might even be better value, because I think you can find maybe better players at 44, you know, rather than looking at safety. So uh, just it's a, a fascinating group of guys. And there's some other, other ones that we didn't even talk about. Uh, Andre Cisco, who. I don't necessarily think is a day two guy, but uh, there's Dean from Florida state. Uh, there's, there's some other guys out there that I like. Dean is not really a, a free safety, but um, no, no, let's, let's stack these guys. Cause I think everybody's going to know the order here. It's, it's Richie Grant, Holland, and then Johnson, right? hundred percent.
1: Yeah. I would say Rich, like, here we get the camera Richie Grant, <laughs> Holland, and then johnson and again th- that gap between between uh holland and johnson it it's yeah. probably around right but th- that, that's the difference between a, a th- those other guys being a middle to high second round pick yes. and, and johnson being a middle to low third round pick right that's that's kind of where i, I would stack them but mm-hmm. i agree real quick just i would agree that I, I think getting johnson at, at 75 is a better is, value than the other it's a better value than getting yes. either one of those two other guys at 44.
0: I would agree. Any final thoughts, John, on any one of these three safeties?
2: Yeah. um, I'd be happy if the Cowboys, like you said, were able to grab any of the three. If they were able to grab, you know, Holland or Richie Grant at 44, that'd be great. Or even, you know, when I go into these mock drafts, being able to find Jamar Jackson at that 99 spot, at that comp spot, I think that would be the perfect value. Obviously, you can't predict. So at five, you wonder, like, is he going to make it? That's where you. You know, in the team you find that intel where where you think that guy's stock's gonna lie. But if they could get him at 99, I think that would be the optimal value for a Jamar Johnson.
1: All
0: right. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Cowboys. You can follow John at John Owning. You can also follow his work at the Dallas Morning News. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. Uh, and you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.